This is Tea on the Hudson, a news and lifestyle podcast where we're spilling all of the Hudson County tea and more. My name is Jen Trapuka. I'm the founder of HobokenGirl.com and a Hudson County resident. On this show, we share news, lifestyle topics of interest, interviews, and have guest Hoboken Girl contributors on to delve into the things that matter to local residents. This week I'm off, swapping my coffee for a Bay Breeze, but we have a special interview for you to enjoy. Today's guest is none other than Mike Hawk, who is a Hoboken resident and the founder, creator, and owner of Tony Bologna's, the New Jersey pizza spot that has swept the nation with its foodie crazes and has delicious late night eats and of course, taco pizza. He's here to talk all about his growing empire and how he pushes food boundaries on a daily basis. Hi, Mike. How are you? Good. Thanks for having me today. Of course. It's great to see you. I feel like I only see you in the shop. So I know. It's nice. You're in, you're in my world now. <laughs> it's funny. It's like sometimes customers will see me like at the supermarket or whatever, and they're like, what are you doing here? I'm like, what do you mean? <laughs> you shop. <laughs> and you think about it, and you're like, when you used to see your teacher out. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. I'm like, oh, like, what are they doing at Friendly's? And you're like... They're fucking eating. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I know. I used to. Uh, I used to be a school counselor, and my kids, if they ever saw me, they'd be like, "Where? Like, I thought you slept at the school. Yeah. Like, like sleepovers." Like, what, like, the customers will see me like, "Dude, where you been?" I'm like, "What do you mean?" It's like, I mean, I've I've come in here a couple times. I haven't seen you, and I'm like, "Yeah." <laughs> What, what do you do? And I'm like, I'm, there's a couple of things <laughs> a couple of <laughs> along things. with like personal life, but you know, <laughs> I know. So you are the speaking of personal life. You're a yeah. Hoboken resident, Hoboken resident. And what year did you move here? I moved here 2014. So you've been here. It's been a while now. Seven years. Yeah. Something like that. And I was first introduced to Tony Bologna's, our kind of mutual friend, Ron Berkowitz. Yeah. He told me about uh, Tony Bologna's and he, you had just come here. I think it was a soft open or something. Yeah. And he's, he was like, Jen, you gotta go. You gotta go to this place. It just opened in Hoboken. It's so good. They're in Atlantic city. And I was like, okay, yeah. I mean, there's tons of places around, but I'll definitely check it out at some point. And then I went and I was like, oh my gosh, it's awesome. so good. Thank you. When you came to Hoboken, you were already in Atlantic City. Right. How did that concept, I mean, of Tony Bologna's come about down there first? So, you know, we opened in Atlantic City in 2009 as a bodega on the corner feeding frozen shit to construction workers. <laughs> Coffee in bulk. I mean, like, really just frozen stuff. It was like frozen meatballs. We can buy them. Oh, great, great. Like, oh, let's throw funny. them in the, you know, in the microwave kind of style. But the goal was that, you know, there were 5,000 construction workers working on, at the time, called Revel. And there was Revel. nowhere to eat other than, like, literally a trailer outside that was, like, slanging breakfast sandwiches. So we opened up, bought the building, opened up, renovated it. Before we even opened, we tried renting it out to someone. And, like, eight, nine parties fell through. So, like, someone would come in and say, oh, you know, I want to rent it out. Great. We, we outfitted it with ovens and, you know, whatever. And then they'd pull out last minute, like, oh, sorry. Just, sorry. You know, we just ended up doing it ourselves. It wasn't really Tony Bologna's. It was just frozen crap. <laughs> 5,000 construction workers, and we killed it every single day, seven days a week, you know, more or less. They're working around the clock. And then they stopped doing construction on Revel. So, you know, we were faced with basically, you know, close down and just let it sit or— the way my brain works is that I, I'm always trying to find like a solution. So, you know, if you talk to me on a daily basis, 
sometimes like you know when someone says something m- multiple times you roll your eyes and I'm like all right yeah yeah we get it <laughs> you know if you were around me a lot you you hear me say like a b c and d i say that constantly because you know it was either shut down we have an asset that we pumped into a hundred plus thousand dollars for the building plus a hundred plus thousand dollars for the renovation plus time spent and it's like well you could sit on it it could be sunk or try to do something with it so i asked my suppliers I said hey how do people make like good food <laughs> you know yeah my my expertise in food is nothing other than from my grandmother who made amazing food my mother and then me being drunk and high in college <laughs> and making pasta azul for everyone or ramen buffalo chicken ramen noodles like i mean just drunk high food bringing stuff together and i was the guy like <laughs> my, all my friends my friend jeff who went to lehigh no i like, went to lehigh okay so he, on that <laughs> fucking hill people are they, very drunk there <laughs> and you slide down the hill when it's snowing yeah. out like dangerous yeah and he basically was like oh my god like you're coming this weekend and all his boys would know like it's on like She's we're getting fucked up and we're coming back and and mike's cooking so um so then we were faced with that, and I asked my suppliers, I was like, hey, so I want to start doing good stuff. And they're like, oh, buy this sauce and buy this cheese and buy this. And I was like, well, how do you make that sauce? And they were like, you don't make pizza sauce. You just fucking buy it, man. <laughs> you take a can of bone pizza sauce, you add water, you mix them together, and you go. And I was like, yeah, but I'm going to make it. And the majority of them were like, dude, don't even waste your time. You're, 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 you're like in the worst part of town. There's nothing going on. No one's going to give a shit about your food. Just and I was like, you know what? No, if I'm going to spend time here, any time here, a day, a week, two, it doesn't matter. We got to do it right. So I asked my employees, like, hey, we got to make our own dough, and they were like, all right, but I'm not going to show you. I was like, what do you mean? Like, well, it's my recipe. I was like, dude, come on, man, you've been with me for a year. Let's just get, you know, no, yeah. I own it. I'm like, you know what? So they went peace. Yeah, I cleared the house. I cleared all my suppliers out. Just started from scratch, spent like a month retweaking everything. My buddy Nick from Brooklyn was running the shop at the time for over a year. Um, brought some ideas together, and then we reopened Tony Bologna's, and local people started liking it. Casino execs, you name it, started coming in and started eating. That's it. And then, and then the rest is history. And little by little by little, <laughs> we started to yeah. develop it and get crazy with shit. Yeah. And then, um, you know, Revel closed again, and you know, there's a couple of things. Atlantic City, and yeah. we just said, you know what, time to. Check Take what we're doing and, and go to another market that I knew pretty well. Yeah, and and so you were familiar with Hoboken yeah. before. Yeah. So I my first oh one two third business was in the the Hoboken Business Center. Oh. I rented an office there for a totally different business after school, college. Were you living in Hoboken Jersey at the City. time? Oh, okay. Yeah. Got it. Worked there. That was for like about a year. Mm-hmm. So I knew it, you know, well enough. Sure. And then you just said this is a place. And I think you've really Showed that it. My works. wife really. My wife was like, "Yo, so you know, what do you think about up north? New York is very expensive. Barrier to entry to open in New York is like, you know, it's a lot." And I was like, "I know Hoboken real, real well. Brought her up here, and she fell in love." What's the the story behind the Tony Baloney's name? So my great 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 grandfather used to call my great grandfather, who called my grandfather, who called my father, who called me, <laughs> Tony Baloney. Oh, really? Yeah. If you ever watch movies from like the fifties, a father walks in, horn room glasses, pipe in his mouth suitcase, um, newspaper under his, his armpit. And he's like, Hey, you little Tony baloney, get upstairs and wash your face. It's time for bed. <laughs> oh, come on, pa. Nah, right now until you get a, get a smacking, you know, whatever. Right. And it was like a bad little boy. So, just... you know, I'm like an eighth Italian. I'm Jewish, <laughs> Russian, Polish, Dutch, an eighth Irish, an eighth Italian, Hungarian, and German. 
So, you know, I'm a, a mutt huge, like me. Oh, total <laughs> mutt. So for me, it was like my one Italian grandmother, um, who's who's half Irish, right? Her 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 mother was Irish. Her father was Italian from Naples, or Carpenetta Romano. She used to carry a brick in her purse from Newark. What? Yes. Oh yeah. She was Why? Rough. She's old just, school. Oh, just to, like kill She's someone. ready to go. Like, she's ready to go. Like, you're gonna try to rob her. You're gonna do some shit. Like, <laughs> no. And she was living like Oakhurst, you know, for the last forty years. It didn't matter. Right. She was hardcore. Um, Helen, and then my other grandmother on the Jewish side. Oh, and by the way, if she saw the Pope, she would start hysterical crying, rosary beads, the whole nine yards, which is very foreign to me because I grew up getting bar mitzvah and stuff. Right, I, right. I didn't fully get it, but I, I get it now, obviously. <laughs> and then my other grandmother would like snuggle me, make me cookies, make me latkes, feed me all day long, tell me I'm too skinny, snuggle me more, you know, like play board <laughs> games with me, color with me endlessly, you know. So I had these very interesting two grandparents. But um, anyway, it just it's a fun name. So it's a fun. It just came from like. It's yeah. I yeah. love it. It's so, a great yeah, name. Tony Do Malone's. people? I I feel like when I first was like, oh, Tony must own it, and but it's well, Mike. <laughs> people walk in, and if they don't know Where's me, where's Tony? <laughs> well, no, they walk in like, hey, what's up? Yo, where's Tony at? And I'm like, oh, what's up? He's like, yeah, you know, I want to get my my normal shit, you know, like you know, okay, well, you, he hooks me up to you know take. I'm like, oh, so I'm waiting for something. You know, I'm waiting. So I'm like, all right, cool. What are, what are you gonna get? I don't know. What do you think? Because Tony usually gets it from me. Oh, okay. So then I'm like, all right, yo, you know, you know what happened to Tony, right? And they're like, of course, like, oh yeah, I mean, you know how he is. I'm like, yeah, well, yeah, yo, you know, <laughs> this he's really a, happened, you know, dude, all the time. Oh my god. I mean, some way, shape, or form, and I'm like, so oh, you funny. know what happened to him? That motherfucker's in jail. And they're like, <laughs> oh again? I'm like, yeah, well, he's in jail again. Cause you know, you know how, you know how what he did, and they're like, oh, we know Tony, oh we my know god. all the time. Where I'll say like, oh, he's on his yacht in Sicily. Oh, I love so that yacht. Good. I used to go all the time. I've been busy lately. Usually, you know, and I make I make up shit all the time. <laughs> and they're just like, yeah, uh -huh, and then I charge uh -huh. him full price, and they're like, <laughs> he usually gives me this. I'm like, oh, well, he's not here. Sorry. But also, people come in like, I want veal marsala, and I want to make it. I want when you cook it, and I'm like, I'm sorry, we don't do veal. What kind of self-respecting Italian restaurant doesn't do veal? I'm like, first of all, we're not really a restaurant. Second of all, I'm not really Italian. Third, of, you know, like <laughs> we got a we lot of things that are gonna go against your grain right now. <laughs> right, we don't do that. I'm like, but how about the shit face three thousand? His name, you know, and I'll and I'll say that, and they're like, what is that? I'm like, you know what? Just sit down, and I got you, and I'll bring you that, and they fucking love it. You know, or it works. Indian tikka masala. Oh, I don't need Indian food. All right, cool. Sit Try down. It. I got you something. All right, good. No, I. I I tell them, I'm making some Sicilian shit. I bring it out, Indian tikka masala pizza, you know. This is phenomenal. This tastes like my grandmother. But yeah, I know. It's Indian food. You know, or I don't tell them at all. It's, it's great. so good. And I feel like with your your different foods that you make, that's what really sets you guys apart. You have all of these dishes that are unique spins on everything. You have like vegan pies now. You have, there's so many things like ramen pizza. I mean, you were famous for taco pizza. Right. How did how did you start coming up with all these crazy ideas? I mean, I think it's partly I have really bad ADHD, you know, so that's definitely one part of it. The other part of it is that I just don't really like stagnancy in general. So, you know, if, if things are stagnant, even something like sells well, if it can be better, I'll do it, which sometimes is a problem, though, because, you know, you're, I'm changing stuff constantly. And people are like, well, I used to like the way you made it. I'm like, why have you tried the new way? Well, no. Why do you keep changing it? And it's like, well, and it's not even about money. It's not even like, oh, I can make a better margin. It's like I can do it better for the customer or it will taste better. So I'm constantly just like ripping through the menu, ripping through different ideas, concepts. And, you know, for the menu, 
I just, I can't sit complacent on it. So even if something sells really well, but it's been there too long and it becomes sort of like a normal thing that becomes almost a commodity to Tony Baloney's, I don't like that. You want to which address means it. That, well, which means that maybe everyone's getting too comfortable with it. My staff, maybe it's so easy to make for them that, which is great. Let's take it up a notch. Let's make it so that, you know, it's not a robotic process. Let's go back to really having to think about something and switching it up. And I, and I constantly do that sometimes to the detriment because <laughs> my employees are like, yo, <laughs> like, why do you keep doing that? And I'm like, well, keep it, 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 needed, it needed kale, you know, or like <laughs> the kale's not marinated. We need to, but who cares? Everyone eats the salad. I know they'll eat the salad, but I think there's a better way of doing it. So it's, you know, let's, let's try this. Which is probably is a key to one, your success because I think people know that they're going to get unique quality things. And yeah. you were also, I mean, the taco pizza, that really like broke you out into, I feel like the national stage for yeah. food, it, right, would you say? Yeah. I mean, we were on Food Network a bunch of times prior to that. We've been on Travel Channel prior to that. We've done things. But if you asked anyone in the country about Tony Bologna's, you know, I don't think people would say like, oh, yeah, of course I know about them. They they may be like, oh, I think I saw something with the challenge where you stacked five pizzas on top of each other. Or I think I saw you because of this cheesesteak thing you did. But that wasn't commonplace. It wasn't like one out of 10 or one out of 100, it, you know, like randomly. Now, since Taco Pizza and surprisingly, you know, the Taco Pizza is almost like, uh, I don't want to say the loss leader because we do make money on it. But people come in with that in mind, but don't order it. Right. Because like, it's only it, on Tuesdays too, right? Right. So whether they've had it before or, or have not had it before, it's almost one of those things where if it's Tuesday, they're going to get it. But regardless, maybe they'll get it and then order a whole bunch of other stuff that sets the stage for them. And try, and they try different things. Yeah. So, and, and like, it doesn't matter where we are, you know, I mean, I was in like Puglia and I was wearing a Tony Bologna shirt mm-hmm. and some guy came up to me. Literally from really? Italy, yeah, from Italy, and was talking about this and this and this about pizza and pulled it up on his Facebook. That's crazy. It's like, it's like, it's like really two years ago, and he, and he pulls it up the video. Those and videos like, are you. viral. And I was like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and because in Puglia they make pizza, obviously. So they're looking that, out them, for it. Well, that and that to them is just like, a like, why are you fucking with pizza? Right. What's wrong with you? And then B, you know, there's a novelty to it, and you know, it's visible. Yeah, which is just it's it's like it's wild to me. It is really crazy. Have you gotten, do people, I mean, you said like an Italian guy will walk in and be like, what the heck is this? You know, I mean, what's, what's kind of like, how do you handle that stuff normally? It's easy for me. It's easy for a lot of my managers. Sometimes it's not the easiest thing to handle for someone just trying to do their job. You know, um, like go to McDonald's and (laughs) try to order like a medium rare. They're going to look at you like you're crazy because that's not part of their vernacular. You know, they, they're not trained to address those things because 99.999% of people don't ask for those things. So we get in trouble sometimes where people come in and they're like, they're, they're used to like in Atlantic City, for instance. Let me get a cheesesteak, fried onions, uh, cheesesteak wit, um, and whatever. And they expect shredded cheesesteak steak with yellow American cheese whiz and fried onions. To us, that's you're gonna build your own sub. So my guys will hit back and say, "Okay, well, so you want a cheesesteak? What kind of cheese do you want?" And they're like, "I just said what I wanted." And it's like, "Well, no, I <laughs> we we get that now. They get it, but it's like, well, just take me through because I don't want to mess it up for you. That's our concern. Like we want you to have a good experience. So a lot of times that happens across the board, whether it's a cheesesteak or it's a chicken parm or like I don't understand. You're asking me if I want ricotta on the chicken parm, and you're asking me to smoke the fresh mozzarella, and, and they just want easy sometimes." 
once they get it, then they appreciate like, oh my God, like, dude, Calabria and chili spread and this and that. Like, wow, those are great additions. I'm glad that you asked me. Instead of- A lot again. of times we don't get that. Not a lot of times, like very minimally, but it happens. Yeah. No, I could I could see that so being like a tough one. wise, it's like, it, and, and, and you know, we always tell people like, order something off our menu. And then, I don't like it spicy, the brotherly love. All right, so then take the peppers off. Like, no problem. Yeah. And you guys customize so much. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. matter. Whatever you want to do, we don't care. Yeah. That's awesome. Now, you scaled your business. Yeah. Clearly. You started in Atlantic City. You moved to Hoboken, Jersey City, and you have a food truck. Yeah, so we opened in Atlantic City 2009. Really 2010, 11 is when we opened like Tony Bologna's. Started a food truck down there, not to vend on the streets, but more because customers who were out of Philadelphia primarily would say, like, oh, I wish you were closer to Philly. I have a party coming up on a cater. So we're like, you know what? Like, we're going to do a food truck, and we'll come to you. People in Margate, Longport, Ventnor, uh, Ocean City, whatever. And, and you know, it, you can we can service them. We can bring 20 bolognese to your house. So that, that helped out with that a lot because we're not in the uh, the best location. Like, we think it's the best location. I think it's the best location. We're the only house on the block in the inlet, two blocks north of Ocean, Revel. We call it Tony Bologna Land. Like, we love it. But... You know, it's Not like 30 minutes to get to from really anywhere. So we opened that, and then we opened up in Hoboken 2014. And then um, we opened up two stalls in the Prudential Center for a season. Got out of there, but we did that for two seasons. And then this past April, opened up Jersey City. May opened up in Long Branch. It's great. Oh, the shore. They must yeah. be excited. It was crazy this summer. I bet. So like Jersey City's been consistently, you know, busy. Long Branch and Pier Village was an exponentially different ball game. Hoboken on a Friday and Saturday night till four in the morning, but like open to close seven days a week. It was just, it was a different animal to, to wrap our heads around. Yeah, I was going to say with the four locations you have, like which one is like the baby that needs the most attention? <laughs> I, mean, I mean, probably they, they Long all, Branch. Cause but it's, it's funny, like, they all have their own things. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we're lucky in the fact that we have people that care. So to me, in hiring, which kind of not goes against the green, but a lot of people don't subscribe to this. My whole philosophy, which is why, the, by the way, I'm not a manager. I'm not claiming to be a great manager <laughs> or anything like that, an operations person. Um, that's really not my shtick, even though I do it, you know? Sure. I have to force myself to figure it out, but or I'm not a trained chef, or, you know, none of those things. But, you know, if you're a good person, if you don't lie, if you don't steal, if you generally care, then that's really all I'm looking for. So I can teach you to do anything. If you if you have a willingness to learn and you care, I'll yeah. teach you anything you want to know. Yeah. And you you know, as long as you're a decent person. If you're not, as the bedrock of 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 your employment, it's just not going to work. Because someone's going to say to you like, hey, you know, mad like, hey, you know, I ordered two slices. I've been sitting waiting. If your response is, well, I don't know that man. Relax. Like, you know, <laughs> right. Then that's not going to work. But if you say, if you have, you know, some kind of empathy and say, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I know, but you're the first, third person I talked to, you know, or I, I, I'm sorry, let me work this out for you. Here's the slices. I'll, I'll shoot, I'll get you a refund. Here, here's the t shirt. I'm so sorry. They're going to walk away feeling a little bit better about the situation, which means that, again, to me, that's like the number one thing. So it is so, that core. Piece. So everyone's store, every store has like its own things. Like Jersey City, we were having a really tough time with delivery. And getting into the buildings. It's a big city, too. And, yeah, and, and like Hoboken, you have big buildings, but you can kind of park 
cops more or less understand what you're doing, so they're not going to go crazy. For like five parking minutes. authority, you know, yeah. as much as people go crazy with the parking authority, you know, <laughs> they they understand at least. Where in Jersey City, you have these monster buildings with thousands of people living in them that may take you five ten minutes navigating upstairs with check ins. It's almost like going to like Jet.com. Right, you know, like big. It, it's it's an undertaking, but that's like almost every delivery. So like, you know, we have our issues with that over there. And then Long Branch, we get smacked in the summer and, <laughs> and it's like knock down, drag out, and then it's dead during the rest of the year. You have Atlantic City that keeps consistent and people know that as like the OG. So, you know, there's a certain level of personality that we inherently just have and sometimes have to conform that to like a tourist that comes in with their family and instead of saying, yo, what's up? What the fuck do you guys want? You know, <laughs> pizza, which is kind of the, the shtick, just because we've been doing it, not because like it's uh, it's uh, fabricated. We have to like, tone it down sometimes and, <laughs> and understand that it's not summertime and like someone from Ohio comes in with eight kids, you know, like they're not we wanting have to, to like, curse them. <laughs> right. Like, and it's a little bit different. And then Hoboken is, you know, just a, a different beast on its own and has its own things space is an issue it's small space and we do a lot of volume so it's yeah, tough you guys to have navigate a line around out the door. it yeah it's just so like every store has their own little thing so uh, there's always these little issues but again you know we're, we're thankful for the fact that we have people that care so bare minimum you know our hope or goal is that everyone gets serviced properly and at least walks away and is like happy and if they're not i tell everyone all the listeners everyone like just let us know and we'll take care of it because so, we do make yeah. mistakes. You, you guys do such a good job of that too. I remember once I think something was sent to me and it was it, it was like in a di- they accidentally sent something extra which was like fine yeah. but they were like oh we're so sorry we'll send something else like they were your staff was so great oh, about it so yeah, and they didn't like it was just I was just a random order you know what I mean right, it wasn't right. like because I anything with Hoboken Girl or anything it was just you got you got a good team behind and, you. You know what it's like you go on Yelp and you read reviews and like Obviously, some are warranted. Like it's some people's like feelings, like their gut. And you read other oh, ones. Yelp you, is hard though. <laughs> you you read some of them, and like last night I was reading in Jersey City, and I was like, oh my god, like they're really easy issues to fix if you let us know. But hey, not, you just sit my, with it. My pizza, right? Like if you told us, we get a new pizza to you in two seconds because one of the slices went on to another slice, and it was supposed to be half and half or whatever. Like the things happen. We're down to fix them if you don't let us know. It's tough to do that, you know. So I, it's, I always say the service industry and the food industry to anyone I have on the show, I applaud you guys because and girls and ladies because it is such a hard business. I mean, one one wrong like eye look from an employee can like ruin your Yelp review from oh, someone. Yeah. It, people are really tough sometimes. Yeah, and if and, you're not paying attention and you're in this industry, and your employees and team members maybe do something that someone doesn't like, it becomes. A really big issue and it's like you know it's in today's day and age it's really tough like you you have to watch what you say and you have to be sensitive to other people's needs and sensitive to other people's perceptions and what they feel comfortable with so you know you have to keep an even keel and it, it's it's a lot it's a lot that goes into it totally now let's go talk let's talk about the food what was the first thing you put on the menu? It sounds like frozen meatballs, but <laughs> <laughs> no. So like, but like the real first thing for Tony yeah, Maloney. I mean, you know, honey buns, toilet paper, <laughs> frozen meatballs <laughs> would be like the first things that we served. Funny story. As a side note, the first thing that I ever served at Tony Bologna's was this pizza. And I didn't know how to make pizza, and it was me and my buddy Nick, and we we're just my and my father too, and we were just fucking around. And I made this pizza. We only had cheddar cheese. And I did it up and I made it. 
And I put it on the counter, and it was a mess. It was fucking crazy looking. All messed up, soupy, you name it. And a customer walked in, like, just seeing what's going on, you know, lived across the street. And I said, oh, yeah, you know, we're not really open yet, but here, we made some pizza. And she looks at it, and she's like, what the fuck kind of pizza is that? And I was like, <laughs> oh, this is Cincinnati style. I don't know. I just made, made some shit up. up, you know? She eats it. She went nuts. The best really? pizza, I swear to God. The best pizza. Me and my friend, if we still go back and forth on that, I can laugh about it. Like Cincinnati style. And that customer to this day still comes in straight faced. And I don't have the heart to tell to her. No, 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 just ask about it. when are you going to make that again? And my manager knows, like, to say, oh, yeah, I know Mike's been working on it. You got to figure it out. <laughs> Ten years later, she still comes in and says, when are you going to make that Cincinnati pizza again? Like, so it's, it, and it was just, just a total fuck up. And it, by the way, it was not good. I tasted it. It was fucking horrible. But, <laughs> She liked it. That's really funny. First thing on the menu would be the Atlantic Fantastic. What's that? That was what now is called the 5,000 Club. Okay. So Atlantic Fantastic was plain mayo, lettuce, tomato, bacon, chicken cutlet, melted American cheese. Pretty standard-ish deli, bagel spot, you know, whatever. And then my brain went to overdrive after we had the menu for a minute. And then I made it the 500 Club, named after the Atlantic City famous club that the Rat Pack used to play at and stuff. My home awesome. menu, half of it's Atlantic City, by the way, the names. Yeah. Uncle Pennybags, that's the Monopoly man's real name, Rich Uncle Pennybags. Uh, the Diving Buffalo is from the Diving Horse on the Steel Pier. So there's, there's a lot of different things in there. But I um, took it and made it the 500 Club, smoked bacon, Havarti cheese, garlic aioli. Years later, I made it the 5000 Club, and it's got truffle mashed potatoes with chicken cutlet lettuce, tomato, smoked bacon, Havarti, lemon vinaigrette. Like, so it continuously evolves and people still in Atlantic City order the, the Atlantic Fantastic. It has not been on the menu for nine years, but they'll still order it. But that's great. You've got make it. a core group of customers that love it and they know it. Yeah. And I, you guys just do so much with making unique spins on things. What are, what are some of your favorite menu picks? So I can tell you mine. The but. cheese to go lay <laughs> is, is, is probably my favorite sub on the menu. The Jersey Jezebel. What's another, that? It's um, Nashville hot chicken, purple slaw, smoked mozzarella, sourdough pickles, dill aioli. I think that's it on that sub, yeah. And then we do it winter style, which we didn't do this year because customers kept taking it off. So, you know, it, it evolves and it goes back and forth, but it had smoked polenta. Yeah. And then we had another sub called the Rodeo Clown, which probably was my favorite sub we've ever made. It was creamy smoked polenta, smoked white cheddar, chicken fried steak. So it was hanger steak pounded out, deep fried. With Alabama white gravy, that was fucking phenomenal. That sounds really good. Didn't translate so well. People didn't really get it. They who got it like fucking loved it. Other people like, oh, I don't know, chicken fried steak. And I'm like, well, no, it's not. It's not chicken. It's steak that's fried like fried chicken. Like it, it, it didn't work so well for that. But I think it's the the point of it all is that you have such an adventurous menu, and it really probably pushes the boundaries for people because ordering. You have to really say, oh, do I want that? Do I want that yeah. on it? And and be okay with it. You introduced a lot of vegan stuff recently, I yeah. feel like. Tell so, me a little bit about that menu. So I was vegetarian for 16 years. Hmm. I was vegan for five no of way. them. So for me, you know, I made my mom's life fucking hell in high school and college. Cause, oh, so you were young when you were oh, vegan. Oh, yeah. I didn't eat anything. We'd go to a restaurant and ask if there's honey in it because I don't eat bees. Like, I mean, literally, I went nuts. <laughs> my mom was just like, yo, you are fucking killing us. Like, what are you, we're, we're just like, at Carmine's in Times Square. Like, what the fuck? Are you, you know, like, she would go nuts. Right, right, right. 
but she 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 tolerated it and she never let on that it was that much of a pain in the ass. So you know, I was always sensitive to those things. And, you know, going oh, traveling. you have, like, a dairy sensitivity. No, no, sensitive, like. Oh, like, sensitive, yeah, too. Yeah. Oh, gotcha. Like, it started just as, like, I'm going to try it out. Then it turned to some animal rights stuff. Then it turned into health stuff. And, you know, there's been a couple things, cycles of why, which is good because it put me acutely aware in the restaurant industry of what I'm buying and not buying. And I got to feel good about what I'm ser- serving to my customers because, essentially, it's what I'd serve to my kids. So I don't want to, you know, so I, you know, there's a couple different layers to it, but, um, the vegan thing to me is that when I was vegan, I was kind of miserable at times because there was nothing to eat. Yeah, and especially would, in those like yeah, and, 10 and, years ago, 20 yeah, years ago. And I, and I tried to, you know, adapt things and eating a lot of like fake stuff. This one company was called, um, oh my God, now in Zen, I don't think they're around anymore. They still have like these vegan riblets and I don't even know, but this stuff was garbage. I don't know about saying now in Zen. Who's, I'm sure it was no, decent stuff. No, I know what you mean, though. in general. And I went to UMass Amherst, and thankfully up there, it's like leftover hippie central, you know, across the board. And there's a lot, you know, Bread and Circus, which is now Whole Foods, was there. So I had access to a lot of these things. So because of that, it was a little easier for me. But when I ate, I still wanted to eat and didn't want to feel like I was a rabbit. So when I ate vegan... Like I fucked myself up. I wanted to hurt myself when I ate, you know? I didn't want to you just... You want to eat like I didn't good... Wanna, I didn't want to go to Whole Foods food. or Brand Circus and pull the grains out and then like soak the grains over. I, I was never into that. I didn't give a you shit about pe- that. vegan pizza. Yeah, I wanted something that, you know, mm-hmm. like comfort food. So oh. the whole vegan menu, you know, as it grows and evolves, it's really centered around that. And not that I'm not concerned with health, because I am, but at the same time, I'm not so concerned with, um, you know, the static function of eating vegan i want you to eat vegan but really enjoy it it's awesome and have it be tasty and then you know from there i back the recipes off and then i make them healthier i make them the way i want it to be it's great because it really has changed i, I have a lot of friends who eat minimal animal and stuff like that and i don't really either and i don't eat cheese at all so yeah. it's so awesome to have it because and it's good like you have it. cashew cheese i mean all that stuff it's so it's taste like it tastes like and, pizza to me and a lot of people sometimes come in like oh how come you don't have like the vegan chicken nuggets or, or how come you don't have this and i'm just like because i don't want to buy something that a we don't make so our whole menu is stuff that we make right i don't Homemade. i don't buy anything right like i buy core ingredients tomatoes that i then Make into a plethora of sauces, you know. So, I didn't want to do that. I don't want to go that route. So, if we're gonna do like a vegan rib sandwich, like I want to make the vegan ribs. Mm. I want, you know. So it's yeah. so it's sometimes it's tough because people have expectation. Like, how come you don't buy Beyond Burger frozen, you know, patties? And I'm just like, I, I don't. I, I we didn't make it. Like, I, right. I don't know. It's not your. If you, I, you don't want to process it, right, you if, just want to make your own. Out, then yeah. I'll do it myself. But so I you just, make the cashew cheese. No, so the cheeses we don't make. Okay. Same with like gluten-free dough. Like we used to make our own gluten-free dough. We used to make our own cashew cheeses. We used to, I mean, but you're talking about cross-contamination. We don't have a commissary. Like, and we do everything in the shop. Like all four stores do everything to themselves. So it's tough for us to do that, do it in a way that A, we feel good about it and B, that it's not going to contaminate because you're making your own vegan. It's it's safer that way. It just, it's it's a tough animal. Now, once we go into a commissary mode, different story. But for now, it's like, it's too much. No, it makes sense. As far as businesses in town, you're on First Street. I know that you guys are so tight there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And who are some of the business owners in the Hudson County area that you look up to and really support? I think in general, anyone that can hustle and can put their blinders on, head down at times, and just power through what they feel is the right thing to do, 
or a product that they feel proud about to me is very admirable. It's not always easy for me to put my head down or blinders on and do things because, you know, A, my brain's all over the place and I have a lot of, you know, fires to put out sometimes or a lot of hats to wear. But to see someone like Mark from Top Shelf in, in, you know, Vintage on First or Ricardo, who's our neighbor, or the Lacerdo brothers, the whole team over there, or like Bianca Mano, you know, these are places that have endured over time. They really do care about their product. They stick it out, good times and bad. I'm sure they have their personal shit going on. They have families that, you know, like there's all those things, but they endure. You would never know. They're always very pleasant. They always put out a good product and they keep it consistent. And they're in an industry, a lot of these guys, that's very difficult, but they do it and they're there. Locally and nationally, who are some of the food people that you uh, really admire? I'm not a trained chef. I just figure it out. I fuck around in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I I put out what I like to eat. So it's kind of tough for me. It's not like I can go to a restaurant and understand fine dining and mm-hmm. understand the nuances behind certain things. Like, I just, I don't see things like that. Mm-hmm. I, I kind of see things through a different lens. Just to give an example, you know, one of my favorite pizzerias, I'll, I'll name two of them. One is Federici's and Freehold. And the other one is in Frankie Feds. They're two brothers. And the other one is like Star Tavern. I grew up I in Freehold. My, my brother lives from, right there. <laughs> yeah, my, my family's from Newark and Perthamboy. You know, so these are places that they put out a product. And I'm not going to say the service is like the best. And I'm not going to say the pizza is also the best. But to me, it is. And they've figured out how to package these things in their own way that – a, keep me coming back, and B, that makes me feel comfortable. My rating scale would probably be a lot different than most people because it's all about, you know, the experience, it's all about my comfort level. But, you know, there's a lot of places that are that are popping up around the country or, you know, mini chains like um, the Crack Shack, which is a Top Chef Richard, you know, like stuff like that, and you see that, and, you know, I've been there, and I've eaten the product, and it's a really good product, and the employees, you know, really care or it seems that way anyway. And the food they put out, plus the way they present it, is something that I look at and say, holy shit, like, they're able to do this on a, on a scale, 5, 10, 20, whatever stores, and still hold it together and still have a good product. To me, when I, when I see that, it makes me happy and says, holy shit, like, you can do it. I can do it. Like, can. How, how can I figure that out or how can I do it, it in some way, shape, or form? Yeah. What is some advice you would have for young entrepreneurs? In your business or other? I mean, you got to eat shit. You got to learn to eat shit. You got to learn to take it, eat shit, get punched in the face, you name it. You have to learn to endure, have thick skin, not get excited. You know, the the one thing I will say that a lot of my friends who own businesses, restaurant businesses, non-restaurant businesses, or work in industries or wear a lot of hats or have high-pressure jobs, like the one common thread that I see throughout all those people that are successful it's the sky's never falling. The truth is, a lot of times in small business, this is my, I don't even know, over 10 businesses, there are times that the sky is fucking falling. There are times that you can't pay your bills. There's times that the, the, the outlook looks extremely bleak and you don't know what you're going to do or because that's what entrepreneurship's all about. I mean, you have to bootstrap it, grind it out, figure it out. But to me, it's always like, you got to stay positive. The sky can't ever be falling. You got to figure out that A, B, C, and D, figure out how to make it work and then figure out how to, how to tweak what you do and figure it out. And, and a lot of times, unfortunately, or fortunately, you have to just do it yourself and you have to roll up your sleeves 
and get it fucking done. Yeah. Making an uncomfortable phone call, firing someone. Like these are things that are very discouraging and you don't want to do. You have to it. do it. They're part of it. That's mm-hmm. that's that's the fucking job. All right. Now we always end our segments with local favorites. So I'm gonna yeah. give you some rapid fire. Are you ready for this? Oh my god. No pressure. There's no right answer. Yeah. All right, here we go. Favorite local deli. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna say it's a tie. It's a tie between Lacerdo Brothers and Biancamano. Pork roll or Taylor ham? Both. <laughs> True. It depends. It depends, it depends if I'm in Atlantic City. Or it depends if I'm in Hoboken. It depends where I'm at. And usually what I'll do is I'll say it the opposite way just to get a reaction out of someone to get into a nice little argument. Like, what? <laughs> and I'm like, listen, truthfully, I don't fucking care. I don't give a shit. Call whatever you want. <laughs> Favorite place to hang out when you're not working? Truthfully, it's it's one of my friends or my wife. And like, what, what do you want to do? And I get to the point where I'm up since like three, four, five in the morning, and I'll say, I don't give a shit. Like, whatever they have alcohol, just bring me there, <laughs> and I'm good. So it doesn't matter if it's like Grand Vin, or if it's Northern Soul, or if it's, I mean, it doesn't really matter. Nags Head, like, it doesn't matter. It's like, you want to meet up, you want to go out somewhere, like, just alcohol doesn't. You know, <laughs> let's just chill out, and I need like a couple hours to decompress and just talk shit. So it doesn't matter. Favorite dessert spot? Not a big dessert guy. I don't really care about dessert other than peanut butter. I love like, you know, so I'm not a huge dessert fan, but my kid is, and he'll eat anything anywhere. So I will say anywhere that has dessert. So funny. Favorite place to eat in Jersey City? I mean, I don't think I really have hardcore favorite. I think I find myself in like the Journal Square area eating Indian food Mm. more often than not with my friend Rocky. I think you know Rocky Satya. Oh, Super yeah. Super Satya. Oh, she's awesome. Or like, um, you know, we'll go to Orale or we'll go to Dent Mexican downtown, um, go to Raza. I mean, it just depends what we're in. Now, summertime, you'd stay here or go down the shore. So I live, so I live down there at the shop in AC, live in Margate. So I'm down there constantly. I'm at the Long Branch store back and forth. Mm-hmm. That's good. Now, what is something you think should come to our area? I mean, Jewish Deli was one of those things. And now that new place opened up, I have not been yet, but I'm excited to go because mm-hmm. I love good Jewish Deli. I love, you know, good pastrami. pastrami. Yeah, pastrami yeah, yeah. house. Love stuff like that. Nice. Um, that was like one of the big things. Ramen, but, you know, we have that South... Street. Yep, they do a good job. I said that for a while. I was like, oh, I wish there was a, now there's more. like two more coming though. So oh, really? Yeah, Muteki and Shokudo. All right, so yeah, so it's coming. That's good. You know, I don't find myself going into the city so much anymore for stuff that I'm like, oh, I wish I ate that. I wish I had this. Right. It's not really like that. You can we stay kinda, here. We kind of have. We do all those things, that's which is awesome. great. What can we expect next from Tony Bolognese? I mean, I hope more just excellence. I hope more. Happy customers. I hope more good experiences. Definitely am growing the business and opening more stores and, and doing all that. But, you know, at our core, just trying to get better, be better, train better, give, better, you know, good experiences across the board better, improve. I mean, that's honestly has been my goal since day one, regardless of opening stores and not opening stores. I mean, we always just want to get better. So, I mean, maybe some new viral shit. I mean, the, the, yeah. the Korean mic drop pizza is ridiculous. Ooh. It's a new one. It's a good one. Kind of chopsticks, Ooh, I gotta fire, check it out. cheesy chicken. Like, oh, my God. That's awesome. But we'll do, you know, we'll always keep it fresh. Always keep it interesting. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for spilling the tea with us yeah, today, Mike. Thank it was you great for to see me. you. Really appreciate it.
And that concludes this episode of Tea on the Hudson. Major thanks to Mike of Tony Baloney's for coming on the show, our production team Van Voorst Films, and Mike Soul for our music. We'll be spilling the tea every Tuesday morning, so make sure to subscribe, rate us with five stars, and share with friends. And of course, you can listen wherever you get your podcasts. It really helps us spread the word. You can also get in touch with us by following at Tea on the Hudson on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and email teaonthehudson at gmail.com to get in touch. See you next week for a new episode. 